Guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast. Can't remember what episode it is now, but I mean, we're getting further and further in, so don't think if you guys have been listening from the start that you really need me to read out which episode number it is. But we're back for another week. Absolutely buzzing. We've had some good feedback off the last couple of podcasts, especially the last one. I think um, it gave people quite a bit of a laugh. And hopefully, you know it's far better now. You feel at home with us. You feel as if you are one of the team, you know? Like, there's nothing we probably won't speak about, but Jen's saucy story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> has been getting ridiculous feedback. Um, my aim in 2023, maybe at my wedding in a few weeks' time, is to get her that drunk that we can relive that moment. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if you can find a sausage supper in Ibiza, like, I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, just, we'll do it with something else. We'll do it with something else. We'll just try and recreate that. But today, guys, we want to talk about the four levels of competence that people go through to realistically go from average, maybe even sub-average, all the way through to mastering themselves as individuals, so self-mastery, because this is something we feel so powerful about that anyone can really master themselves. They can build the awareness, the mindfulness, the understanding about their behaviours, how they think psychologically, and how they apply themselves to everything they do in the best possible way that they can, and always putting their best foot forward, regardless of fear, regardless of the doubts, and knowing that that's actually where a lot of their success is always going to lie and where they're going to grow from. And I think there's always such a great person on the other end of that challenge to meet, and we want to kind of bring to the forefront of your, of your thinking at this moment in time, all these levels of competence, because I think when you're in each of these stages, there's particular consequences in each, i.e. the way you speak to yourself, the way you think about yourself, you can sometimes think you're about a failure, you're a fucking idiot for not knowing this sooner because you have the information, why the fuck can you not apply it? Like, I know what I need to do, but I just don't seem to be doing it. So we really want to uncover these four stages. So, Jen, would you tell the guys what the four stages of competence are? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think this is a really useful thing for people to know because I think sometimes people don't realise that learning happens in a process. Um, so you can beat yourself up and become so frustrated at yourself because you don't recognise that there is a process to it. Um, so I'll talk you through what the four are and then we can go into the nitty-gritty detail. Um, so we start off at unconsciously incompetent, which is like you don't know what you don't know. Um, so this is the point in time that we will often find people at when they first join the programme um, because they don't know the they don't know that they have a skill gap, right? So they don't know that they don't have the knowledge because it's not a subject or a thing that they're aware of. So like even something as simple as like people who've done fucking Slimming World for years might think that there are certain foods that you can't eat because they're full of sins and you'll never lose weight, right? So they have no, they're not aware of their knowledge gaps in terms of nutrition and how a calorie deficit works because they've always done things another way. It's just an area that that they don't have any knowledge in. And these people are the people who are most susceptible to myths as well because they have no knowledge base for which to disprove the myths. So these are the people who are most susceptible to being sold bullshit, basically. My metabolism's fucked. Yeah, I my metabolism's fucked. Me, I'm destined to be fat forever. I'm big boned, right? I was unconsciously incompetent for a very, very long time. Thought that I did know all of these things, right? Because I didn't know the knowledge that I didn't know, right? So, crucially, don't beat yourself up. Like if this is you, like that you because you don't you're not aware of it, right? You're not aware of 
the subject matter within within which the knowledge lies. So you have no ability to be aware of what you don't know. Um, and then the next level, uh, level two, is consciously incompetent. So this is when you're like, shit, there is so much that I don't know. Um, and we'll watch this happen for people maybe the first kind of 46 weeks of the process. People can really beat themselves up um, because they recognise they have got not just like a long way to go, but so much to learn um, about themselves, about the process, about what works, about the changes that they have to make and their lives to accommodate um, the process and the change that they want to, they want to create. And this can be a really difficult position for quite a lot of people because they're it's almost like that overwhelming reality of how much they don't know because again they've now accessed an area that they've never encountered before so you're almost so this happens as well see when you start a new job right and you come in and like you get the job and you can't believe that you got the job and then you go through your first week and you're fucking mentally and emotionally drained because you need you had no idea how much there was to learn from the simplest things to fucking logging into your emails to the systems that are used, the people, the teams, people's names, right? Like, there's such a whole vast thing that you've now unlocked that you have no information on, that the 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 amount of information that you're going to learn and take in can be so overwhelming that it can cause you to freak out. Um, and then after that, you get to consciously competent. So this is when you know that you know these things now. This is actually, for me, the most crucial and dangerous uh, level of competence because this is the this is the turning point between a decent performer and a high performer, right? So what happens is that a lot of people take themselves to consciously competent and say, oh, well, I know everything now, so there's no reason why I can't do it, right? But somehow everything still feels like a fucking struggle, right? Everything still feels like an effort, right? You understand the knowledge, you understand the skill, you've demonstrated the skill, crucially, right? And this is what makes it so hard. You've shown yourself that you can do it. You've shown yourself that it's possible. So you have got stacks of evidence that you can do it and that it's possible, but something is stopping you from making it consistent and effortless. And this is the bit that's most pivotal, um, I think, because this is normally where most people pack it in and they give up and they look back on that time and say all oh, those years ago I was doing so well I was so great at it I don't know why I can't get back to that this is when people get trapped in that I know what I need to do but I just can't seem to do it um, because it's not about knowledge at that point it's about the mental barriers you face with implementation and it's about almost like the acceptance that this has to become your way of life um, for me, that's the difference between a decent performer and a high performer, is that they recognise that this has to be the way that I live as opposed to something that I am doing. Mm -hmm. um, once people get past that point, they get to unconsciously competent, where they just do it without thinking. So like all of these principles of health, high performance, these all just become part of their life and the way that they do things, that it happens so instinctively people might ask them, like, how do you do that? And they're like, I actually don't know how to answer that question. I don't know how to tell you, like, how I do what I do because I just wake up and live and live my life this way. It's not a conscious choice. It's just an unconscious way of being. And that's when we see people at that self-mastery, that high-performance level. Amazing. I love that. So you want to kind of talk through maybe clients that we've worked with and their own personal experiences towards their goals and each phase 
Do you want to use clients by name or will we just say client one? Um, I don't know if we should do. I mean, I think it's nice to use clients by name, but I don't know if people will get upset if we don't mention them. <laughs> <laughs> or why are you telling people what I was like at the start of this process? You can't... Uh, 100%, 100%. You, you can make that call. They can be angry at you. <laughs> okay, let's just say we've had a few clients, right, that work with us that have went through all of these stages that were recently working towards their marathon goal, right? Yeah. So obviously every client that we work with goes through these stages, but this past weekend, Jen and I were in Edinburgh for our clients running the half and the full marathon. So I think with that being fresh in our minds, using a few of these people, probably all of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah. is a really good example. So when I say a few, I mean all of you fuckers, right? So <laughs> realistically, let's start at unconsciously incompetent to begin with. So blissfully arrogant, blissfully unaware. Most of these people, when they reach out to me, tell me, you know what, I've let myself go a little bit. I need to lose a little bit of weight. I really feel the effects when I'm working. My energy's low. I've not really got the energy to do things with my family the way I'd like to. I get quite snappy at my partner, all of that sort of stuff. So they then think at that moment in time, right, as long as I just work on my body, and this is the only thing that I put 100% of myself into, I will change all of these things subconsciously, right? Which isn't always the case because you and I know that regardless of what you do with your body, a lot of people don't actually develop the awareness, the emotional intelligence throughout that process to actually do the things elsewhere in their life that are relevant to make these things easier for them. So we've met so many people who will be workaholics that just think if they get in great shape and start taking time back for themselves to focus on their body, Everything else will improve. They'll stop working so much. Their partner will stop going on at them. They'll have more time with their kids. They'll be more energetic. When really, if you think about it, you're just adding something else into a cascade of stress that is just purely going to get them even more stressed if something else is not taken away and if they're not actually taught how to maneuver themselves through it. So in that unconsciously incompetent stage, most people just think that they need one thing and when that one thing is given, then they will be cured. Their life will be great again. But when they come into the process, um, they then usually enter stage two. But in level one, we realistically need to look at what it is that you need to build a little bit more awareness around for you to actually take that step towards change and to become a little bit more consciously incompetent. I think people don't like being called incompetent, but it's actually, I like to think of it as a bit of a, a, bit of a compliment. Mm. You know, yeah. I'm like, if I'm incompetent in something, it means I get the opportunity to learn, like teach me more. But in that initial stage, because we've all been blissfully arrogant, that's probably another good way to put it, we've all been blissfully arrogant at one point, we've all been blissfully arrogant of the dangers, the consequences, the risks of everything that we do. So if you want to raise a little bit more awareness around your consciousness at this moment in time towards maybe what you need to improve upon, I would be asking yourself a few questions. I'll give a few, and Jen, perhaps you could maybe give a few as well. I would be asking myself, number one, where do I get most fulfillment in my life at this moment in time, right? Because a lot of people will probably turn around and say, not much, don't really do anything for myself, always doing things for other people, always working. They don't really have that thing for themselves that is a relevant outlet, like we spoke about in previous episodes, where you might play the Xbox, I might play the Switch, we might go for food alone, we might go to the pictures alone, all of that sort of stuff. Number two, I would then ask yourself, what are the top three to five things that are on my mind on a regular basis throughout the day? A lot of the time that will tell you what you value. Might be your health. So your health might be on your mind a lot. Like I know I need to change here. It might be money for some people. 
could be family for others, could be relationships, could be anything. So ask yourself the top three to five things that I think about most frequently on a daily basis. This can be when you're out walking, when you're in the shops, when you're driving the car, when you're trying to sleep at night. People like to be attacked by things when they're sleeping at night. Like, why the fuck do I keep on thinking about this thing? <laughs> and then the last question from my three currently would be, what things in my life that I know don't align with the way I want to live, but essentially I'm not giving myself the opportunity to be truthful about it. So people will stay in relationships that are not great. They will lie down to bosses that give them shit. They won't ask for the pay rise that they're due. They will continuously drink at the football when it's not something they, they really are that interested in, but they just feel if they don't, they won't be able to enjoy themselves or fit in. I would ask yourself those three questions to become a little bit more consciously aware of the real things having an impact on your life and the things you actually value and want to take action on. Yeah, 100%. And I think for me, consciously, unconsciously incompetent can also sound like, so you will, you can still be unconsciously incompetent at the early stages of your journey because this can also sound like, I know, but I feel better. Like when we ask you, like, What's going on? Why are you not seeing results? Why are things not moving forward? And this is actually a point in time in which a lot of people will leave, right? Yep. If they've been in the process for quite a long time, they've not really made any sort of change. They will use, and they're not always aware of this, but it's a deflection tactic because they're scared of the level of discomfort that they have to experience to be able to get the result because they recognise that they don't want to be any more uncomfortable than they are right now, but they're also not seeing results. Therefore, discomfort will have to come for the results to be possible. But their relationship with discomfort is so poor that they just, they stay in that blissful arrogance, right? And part of the blissful arrogance is, I know that I've not, you know, made any progress, but I feel a lot better. I feel much better about myself. And it's like, mm, okay. My mindset but changed. Yeah, my mindset shifted and it's like, okay, so can you demonstrate to me the work that you've done for that to be possible, right? Because if you can't demonstrate to me the work that you've done for that to be possible, that's you telling yourself a nice wee story to stay safe and stay stay comfortable. Because yes, I want you to feel better about yourself, but the way that you feel should be reflected in the actions that you undertake, right? So if you're telling me you feel more confident but I see you avoid making decisions from a place of confidence about your life, then I know that that's not true. So you can believe your story, but that doesn't mean that I have to, yep. right? So that would be the big question for, for me initially is what are the stories that you're telling yourself, right? What are the beliefs that you're staying attached to? Where is the work that you have done? If you feel better, right? Or you think that I'm happy where I am, I'm happy with the way things are right now, right? Tell me how you know that's true. Because for me, I think, like, people are so fucking scared, right? And we talked about that a lot. We've been talking about this quite a lot recently. There's something that you're scared of. There's something that's down. And we've actually, we've been asking people this question quite a lot. Like, what is the thing that you're scared of happening? Just say it. You asked me this actually a few weeks ago and I was like, fuck, I didn't know I needed to be asked that question, right? Like, what is it? Just say it. Just say the thing that you're scared to say out loud, that you're scared to admit to yourself. Because if you know that you need to change, there's something that initiated your need to change and there isn't actually tangible difference in your life, but you're telling yourself that you're okay with where you are, that's a lie. 
Yeah. Right? That's that's your current self lying to your past self to just make yourself think that you're okay, right? And you're not. You know what needs to change, right? You know that something has to change, even if it feels unclear. But the fear of the pain that will have to come as a result of the change, because your relationship with pain, your relationship with discomfort is so poor, that that's the thing that's convincing you that this is true, right? So that, for me, really demonstrates that... um, unconscious incompetence I was like which one are we talking about <laughs> that for me really demonstrates that level one um is that like everything's good here when we all know that it's not yeah and the thing is I will speak to people when they come on board even some of the guys that did join and then go on to run this marathon recently um or half marathon will include them all obviously because I'm talking about each and every single one of you here we are some of them will tell me everything they're aware of and they are truthful with themselves then other people are a little less forthcoming and they like to tell me what they think I want to hear is the problem because as well they are unconscious about what it is that we're going to help them with inside of the process so it's like I'll tell this guy what he wants to hear because then he will help me with this thing and this is all I need help with you know and then of course they'll come through the doors into level two where they'll be consciously incompetent almost having a breakdown right Mm -hmm. Because we really do like to uncover things when people come into this process. We really like to understand why they are here, what they want to change, and we really want to try and hold them accountable to enforce that change as quickly as possible. A lot of people talk about baby steps, but I really do think that a massive leap as well is definitely needed because the more time that people just spend dipping their toe in the water, it's not really going to get them anywhere. They'll always be half in, half out. And if you're half in and half out, you're never all in. And if you're never all in, then you're fucked, right? Because you're never actually going to see how far you can go. So these guys will come into the process and they will go through that whole whole journey of, shit, I've got so much to learn here. But at the same time, some may take from it as they will. So they are like, do you know what? I'm conscious I need to do more workouts. I've got a plan now. Conscious I need to do more steps. I've got a plan now. I'm conscious my nutrition needs to be a bit better. I've got a plan now. And we'll pick and choose from the program what they want. They will focus on these things, but at the same time, they're not making any progress because they're not building the awareness around the things within their life that are having an impact on the relationship with themselves, which then has an impact on the relationship they have with food, the relationship they have with alcohol, the relationship they actually have with exercise. So some of them can be like, oh, you know what? I've overeaten and overdrank. It's fine. I'm just going to go crush an extra 10k steps per day for the next week or I'm just going to cut my calories subconsciously they don't need to know and I'll just tell them that that's the right thing to do if they ever ask and I'll pretend that I know what is right because it feels so right and so so correct to me Um, so that's the kind of two people I would see coming from that unconscious incompetent stage into that conscious incompetent stage Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Oh 100% it's almost that like I know where I am so incompetent that I'm only going to bring you where I think I'm competent. Yeah. Right. So like um, people who will say like, oh, this, how did, how did you get on with such and such? And they're like, oh, compared to me three years ago, night and day different, can't believe it. Right. And we'll go, that's great. And what about these other areas? Right. And they go, oh, because they only want to bring you, they only want to bring us the nice areas for, not even necessarily for, I don't think it's people always necessarily seeking praise from us, right? But trying to convince themselves that that's enough, right? Mm-hmm. So we can turn around and say, 
that's it and we will we're going to we're going to celebrate the success of any sort of change that you've created right but that doesn't mean that we're just going to ignore where the other changes have to happen right so we can celebrate that success we can celebrate that change and say that is fantastic how do we capitalize on that and use that in other areas right how do we use the same process and approach that has got you here to take you over there right it's that's what holding people to a higher standard is is not accepting like yes praising you for the change that you've created but not letting you accept that that's enough because if you accept that that's enough and we accept that that's enough then where do we all go from there like you know we are literally here to hold you to to a new standard and a new way of being and that means not just sitting in the success and saying okay I'll stay here now because even that is comfortable right you've shown yourself you can do it that's nice and comfortable. I'm not ready to go to the next level. And the reality is, like, that might be great. I, I like, great that you went and got your fucking steps and your gym sessions and nailed your nutrition. Fantastic. But if you're avoiding a massive issue that's perpetuating the way that you're currently living your life, I'm going to keep talking to you about that until you want to talk about it. And you can avoid me until you're blue in the face. But I know that it's happening. <laughs> right? Like, Can't fool us. Right? I think, I think we see this quite a lot, is that like we work with human beings we have both worked with human beings on an intensive level for a very long time so like we know what's happening right I can see into your fucking souls people say to me all the time I feel like you're reading my mind and I'm like well because technically I am like I know how the mind works so when I monitor and I watch your behaviors and your patterns and your cycles because I see them through an objective lens right you see them through a subjective lens because they're yours, right? But us as coaches are looking at you through an objective lens. We know why you're doing what you're doing, right? We need you to come to the realisation of why you're doing it, right, on your own. And sometimes that can come with us offering some insights, right, that you're like, that's not fucking me. How dare you, right? And then you hang around it for a few days and you go, shit, that is actually me. I just didn't want it to be me, right? And what you do with that information is pivotal because that's what then gets you to consciously competent. Because if you take that information and you accept that this might not be what I know about myself, but what someone else has observed about me that's feedback that I can use and make worth my while to take to take to make a difference, like that's that's transformational. Like for a long, long time, I can remember, like even through my own journey, like I used to only come to you for the praise and the glory, right? So I wouldn't talk to you about when I was struggling or be specific. I would be so vague and fucking dance round about it because it was always overeating and I always felt so much shame and guilt about it that it wasn't even necessarily about what I thought you would think, but that I couldn't say it out loud. Like the thought of saying it to another human being was so terrifying that I was just like, let's just fucking live in denial about it. Let's just talk in detail about something else. And every single time you'd be like, what about this? What about this? Whatever this right but you continually challenging that and letting me know that you could see that mm-hmm. helped me understand that actually this this i need to become safe and comfortable with this like this needs to become a neutral thing that i am able to talk about and accept for myself if i actually ever want it to change because yeah. the more i avoided talking to you about it the more i avoided accepting it in myself the more i continued to pretend it wasn't a problem right and over time, breaking it down to the point where I'm like that to you, fuck me, I can't stop eating help, right? And you're like, right, let's strategize, let's talk about this. Like, 
that's about taking the help that you don't want to need, mm-hmm. but that you need to accept that even if you don't want to need it, you do actually need it. Yeah, yeah, because it just exacerbates itself if you don't. And it was something you actually went through prior to just talking about the kind of experience you had. You'd obviously went through with me, um, which was the guys that are almost like in that competent and competency phase where they've actually made decent enough progress with the kind of surface level stuff, but they define themselves by their achievements and they kind of put them, themselves on a pedestal and they stay comfortable so much so that they don't actually push themselves towards greater goals. Then the thing that is creating a lot of fucking challenge in their life, as you see, perpetuates so highly that it then breaks down the foundations of the surface level things that they were defining themselves by. And as a result of that, they end up going, I've lost it all. It's all fell apart. Like it's all gone to shit. You know what I mean? And at that point, sometimes that point of the breakdown is actually where we can get more from people because they're in the emotion and they go, I do not want to feel like this again because it's not just everything that's happened in their life that has brought them to this point, but it's actually the fact that their ego to some degree has been extremely dented and it's humbled them and they then want to go through that process of change. Oh, nail on the fucking head. And I think ego gets such a bad rap, right? Because I think that like I've really got to know my ego quite well over the past like year and a half I'd say and it took me a long time to realize that I came to this big insight the other week that like my my big body helped me to feel safe right and you helped me to come to that realization years and years ago on the gym floor right was that I, when I was in a bigger body I felt safer so I then went through a process where like uh worked on going through like like a fat loss phase and then I was and then I was in a smaller body, right? But I didn't do any of the work to help myself feel safe. So what happened was I was in a smaller body, but I felt so fucking unsafe, right? That I couldn't get to grips with the sense of like not defining myself by those achievements. So all I lived for was the achievement of getting down a smaller size, down a lower weight. Like I was so fucking obsessed with it because it was the only area in which I felt competent. Like I felt so low in self-worth and confidence everywhere else that like I couldn't celebrate how I looked or I couldn't I couldn't feel the success that I had created for myself. That's the only way I can describe it. Because I felt so fucking psychologically unsafe that I was only able to sustain that for a period of time to then when life happened and changes happened, that all that was like double unsafe. And I was like, fuck it, put weight back on, eat, because that's that's safe, it's familiar, it's comfortable, it's the default, right? And then what I realised is like then now, so then I was in the bigger body and then I had to work through this whole process of becoming psychologically safe that now going through a fat loss phase and I'm now, I would, I'm more than halfway actually through like the, my final like goal, my final fat loss goal and reflecting on what made it easier this time is the recognition that I no longer feel psycho- psychologically unsafe, so I don't need my big body anymore. Yeah. Like, I don't need to hide in that body anymore because I don't feel unsafe, so I don't need it as a protective mechanism because I'm not in this position of I need to get the fuck out of this body as fast as I possibly can because I hate myself. I'm like, yeah. I appreciate that I'm on a journey and I need to take care of myself. So I'm just going to continue to take care of myself and my health and my mental health. And and it's like, it's just a whole different approach between like 
that fucking drive to get somewhere and more like how do I how do I live my life in a way where I prioritize feeling great and and feeling safe and looking after myself and that for me is the big difference between people who are trying to get and people who are trying to give right Mm -hmm. because if you're just trying to get 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 you're not fucking interested in the investment that has to exist for that to be possible but when you're focused on what you give to yourself you're already in like a contribution state of mind that you just think out of a completely different fucking paradigm yeah there's there's so much less pressure when you're like that as well and i think what you're talking about ego like ego is actually a good thing like you wouldn't get far with ego anyway but it's just knowing when that ego needs to come into play you know and i think something we were kind of talking about before when it comes to that challenge that we need to give to clients because it would be far easier not to and just to celebrate the things that they're doing well leadership i think comes with a cost and there'll be some times where you or i take the position of the challenger and we do challenge someone even when they're on cloud nine, so much so that it gets received incorrectly. The way we challenge people, if you've listened to this podcast, we do not go in all guns blazing and go, aye, that's all right, but fucking hell, you need to get better at this, right? We celebrate, we're so proud of our clients, and then we choose to challenge in a compassionate manner with the relevant information and with the right frame to make people aware that we're not coming at it from a place of malice but instead a place of care. And it's funny because there will be times where you and I say to each other, like, oops, getting all the blame now. (laughs) Because we become the problem. And I really do think, and I've spoke to so many coaches in the past and coaches have said to me before, like, how do I just stop showing my clients so much compassion that they stay stuck to actually now start challenging them? Because it's really difficult when you've built an expectation as a coach with your clients to be the compassionate coach. And then when you try and challenge them, someone's like, I've worked with you for a year and you've never challenged me before or you've been a fucking dick today. You know, so it's really important to build that expectation from the get-go. And sometimes your clients will hate you if it may be for a matter of days because the way in which they've received that has been within an emotional reaction that they are currently going through. Like they're either they're either in a high or they're in a low. And both, if they take it the wrong way, can be just as bad as one another. If someone's in a low and you challenge them, they're just being very reactive off of the thing that they were already emotional about. And if they are obviously being successful to some degree at this moment in time and then you challenge them it's almost like why are you put me down why are you why are you telling me that this isn't good enough like that's how they perceive it but leadership does come with that cost and it's very rare that you will find people who celebrate you at the same time but also know you so well that they will challenge you to become even better and really stretch that that vision and that potential that you have and that's always what we want to do we know sometimes it's not the right time to go in with that challenge we might leave it 48 hours. We may actually leave it to the next person's check-in just based upon where they are and how we know they react emotionally to things and what kind of headspace they're in because we know our clients very fucking well. And then we will go in. We always go in at the soonest possible point so that people can have the awareness of these things to change them as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah 100%. And I think, like, com- challenge by its very nature is compassionate, right? Well, because... If I don't challenge you to think and behave a different way, I'm actually doing the worst thing for you, and that's not compassionate, right? Compassionate coaching comes down to compassionate challenge. I'm saying this because I care about you. I'm saying this because I want what's best for you. I'm saying this because I know that there's nobody else in your life who will give you this open, honest, transparent, and caring feedback. Like, 
I want you to get what you want to get. And I know that you will not get there unless you're aware of this about yourself. And, and I think that's that's the difficulty here is that people think you're de- doing either challenge or compassion, right? And and that you can't do both. And actually, like, it's not even like tough love because even that sometimes isn't actually about the tough love and more about the individual projecting their opinion onto someone else, right? I'm not giving you my opinion on you. I'm holding up the mirror to say to you, this is what this looks like. Like, have you noticed that you're doing this? Like, I think that why you do this is X, Y, and Z. Do you think that that's the case, right? And crucially, you might come back and go, no, that's definitely not. And I'll say, okay, well, let's explore it then, right? If I don't, if I'm not getting it and you're not getting it, let's explore together. So this is never about us giving our opinions on how you live your life or how you should live live your life. This is us making you aware of the things that are preventing you from getting to that unconsciously competent level that you tell us that you want to be at. And this is the difficulty, I think, that for a lot of people, when you are experiencing challenge, your your brain is driven for comfort. Your brain is literally driven by a need to move away from threat and towards reward. Your survival instinct kicks in and says, get away from this threat, get away from this discomfort. So that sparks a huge emotional reaction in you, right? If you then have a reaction with us that you perceive as negative, your cognitive thinking is impaired by about 60%. So you're then operating at like a 40% thinking capacity to make decisions from. But see, at that point, sometimes you can't actually think for yourself, right? And when your ego has been challenged on top of that, if you feel that your ego's been challenged, that tells me that you feel unsafe, right? Because ego's there to keep you safe. Ego's there to protect you. Ego's like your big brother like walking at the school gates where you've been like, stop bullying my wee brother, right? That's what your ego does for you. It helps you to have that method of protection for yourself, right? And this is why a lot of people who feel insecure and vulnerable will present only with ego because it's a safety mechanism, right? So if I've challenged that in you, right, then we've challenged, you, you've, you're feeling like we've had a negative interaction and your cognitive thinking's impaired, right? You're not then in a position to talk about the things that are best for you, right? That's at the point that you need someone who has a clear head and your best interest at heart to say, here is what you need to fucking do. And that's a huge element of, of coaching is to not only help the person to understand what's there, but to, to help them see another perspective that they didn't know was there before. And crucially, if you don't want that perspective, then you don't want to be really coached, right? You might want someone who praises you for fucking fat loss, fat loss by any means necessary, right? So that they can fire your before and after on Instagram and call it a day, right? There are, if that's what you want, there are people out there who will do that for you. But like, even if you observe us for the sidelines and you see like what we build here, like every single one of those people who, and bear in mind, those people who ran the half and full marathons on Sunday are not the first of our clients to do this. Like they are one of like, multiple I would say there's a good what like 30 40 percent of our clients who have done that or are working towards it right and not even just that but other physical performance goals like you need to understand that not one of those people came into this process thinking that they were competent and been able to do that like every single one of them got to the point where they were like I am completely consciously incompetent there is no way I could ever do something like that. There is no way 
that that is for someone like me. And it's not that they've just like all of a sudden decided I'm going to do it and they've done it and everything's rosy and everything's changed. They've had to go through a whole process of restructuring and challenging themselves, their beliefs, their values, the way that they live their life on multiple different levels before something like that has even been a possibility. So like you need to earn the right to live that way and think that way and behave that way. Like that doesn't just come. You have to earn the right to be at that level and at that stage and if you look at those people as aspirational like and you want to be that way you can't just sign up for the fucking marathon you need to do everything else that goes alongside it to get yourself to the position that you go into that with unwavering faith that you're going to be able to do this and it won't be the won't be the last time and that's actually something I said to them last week when we ran our webinar on everything to expect on the day, what protocol had to be beforehand, strategy. And just to kind of get a buzz about the guys as well, in case there was any nerves, I said to them, like, if you have expectations of how this is going to go, remove all the expectations now, because until you've ran a marathon, you do not have the right to give yourself time to know how it's going to go, to say that you should have done better, to know when your legs um, should have worked up until, you know, because like at some point your training only takes you so far. You know, so you don't have experience once you've hit that maybe 30 to 32 key mark. The rest of it is brand new territory. You have fucking no scooby and no idea. And even I say to them, you could wake up in the day and you might not even be able to run the marathon. You could be sick. There could be a family emergency, whatever it may be. This is less about the expectation of what the marathon is, but instead the representation of who you built yourself into because you go out the following weekend and in an event that is, or you could go out the following weekend and not run in an event, something that's been organized and just do out your bag roll if you want. You know, because it's not about the marathon event in itself. It's about what you have worked for to become this unconsciously competent person to go out regardless of what's going on and just make it happen. Like one of our clients messaged me the other day that I actually ran on Sunday and they'd watched the video that I'd put up in my Instagram stories. I think it was on Sunday night. Just for a little bit of context in case no one knows. Um, Obviously, we were back for our live event two weekends ago. Team training day, we're out for like 12 hours. Live event day, out for like 12 hours. The following day, I had responsibilities to see to because I was back home, out for like 12 hours. I was bed bound Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> and then I was competing at High Rocks on the Saturday, the World Championship. So even straight away, when I'm unwell now, I'm like, right, I need to get as much rest as possible because the more I rest now, the quicker I'm going to be back to it. So I really pulled back for a couple of days, had some light sessions towards the end of the week, drove down to Manchester on the Friday Saturday competed, came back and had been burgled. The car had been burgled, full suitcase taken, my laptop, clothes, my fucking favourite jeans, my favourite jumper, my favourite fucking trainers, my gym stuff. They took my fucking aftershave. They took my fucking skincare, which I've been working really hard on recently and I'm fucking fuming that they took it. I've got a hard <laughs> investment into that skincare. And then because of that, we had to fly police reports um, and we were in Edinburgh early doors the next day. And I never got home to what, about 2.30am before I had to be back up at like 7 o'clock to get ready to then go through Edinburgh, which again was like another 12 hour shot. And then I was flying back on the Monday. And one of the clients messaged me and was like, that is that unconsciously confident thing you were talking about at the start where they were like, how did you still show up with a smile on your face with all of this going going on? And oh, I actually left out the biggest bit, the eviction part. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, that, just that small detail. I, I, so when I was back last week, yeah, we actually got served an eviction notice on Thursday. And I was flying back on the Monday, basically telling us that we had 30 days to basically get out of a property because there's new management taking over. And they don't want dogs in the apartment block. And obviously, we're not going to get rid of Sunday. They actually did say on, in writing, get rid of the pet <laughs> or or leave within 30 days. 
And just to give you guys some context, like we fly back for our wedding in 31 days. So we literally had to be moved into a place one day before we fly back for the wedding. Now, I was speaking to a few people about this over the last couple of days, just to give them a bit of perspective because they came to me with some problems. And I was like, listen, let's zoom out a bit here. I was training for those High Rocks World Championships, right? Still running a business with close to 100 clients, realistically, um, running team dieting <laughs> for the wedding, having eviction notice served. So then I have a stressed out missus, not only just about the wedding, but also about the fact that we will be homeless if we don't find anywhere to live. As she likes to keep saying it, you, we're homeless. It's like, no, we're not out there. <laughs> um, then to get burgled and have like my entire life taken from me that's on my laptop, to then always have to be in Edinburgh all day, then fly back. On, and fighting illness the whole time. And fighting illness the full time. Like, I gave perspective on that, and I was like, you really need to become more accustomed to the challenge that you're currently going through, because see, if you cannot adjust to the stimulus that's on you at this moment in time, you will never go as far as you want to be as a high performer, because you'll not get to that unconsciously competent stage. And the client that I'm talking about at Messi's main said, like, how could you still show up with a smile on your face, park all that aside, prioritise us? And honestly, my response to her was, well, it's the built-for-life way. Um, it's the built-for-life mindset. But at the same time, it would have been easy for me to say I don't know, but it's years of training to get me to this point. And my dad had actually said to me on Thursday, like, son, I know you've been training for this competition. I know that you don't want to let people down, but I think if you're going to get an extra, like, five days to kind of look at places, scout out places, get in somewhere earlier, you really need to go home. And I just said to him, no, because I trust myself. Just a no. I trust I'll find a solution. And he's like, but you're, you're missing five days. And I'm like, don't care. I could do it in less, <laughs> you know? And what happened, landed on the Monday, got like three hours sleep or Tuesday morning, got like three hours sleep and was straight out looking at places Monday, Tuesday. We are now, oh, sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday. We are now sitting here on Thursday and our place has been secured. Yeah. Like one stress ticked off. And that's where those traits and those skills, especially what you were saying, those skills come into play and that's what we want to hand off to all of our clients because we want to give them the skills to develop that sort of mindset a lot of people have said to me before that i'm quite um apathetic like i've got a lot of like apathy and i'm like well no i don't i still have emotion like i still get stressed i still feel anger i still feel fear i still feel happiness it's just i can emotionally regulate myself <laughs> and, yeah, and, and you talk about it like that's the thing like yeah. you'll, you'll say i'm fucking stressed out of box like I need to get X, Y, and Z done, but then what you don't do is just sit in the stress, you just go and fucking do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that and that's the outlet as well. And I think being consciously competent about how you feel is so important, but then being unconsciously competent about automatically taking action on it, it's very different. And I know we're about to come on to these stages. So obviously, all of these guys that ran the marathon, all of our clients will move through this kind of process. We've had the unconsciously unco incompetent. We've had the consciously incompetent. Um, and now we move into that kind of consciously competent individual that, I mean, has made so much progress already. But again, is probably in a position where they feel that they are the great one out of mediocre people. They're still mm -hmm. mediocre to some degree. They're still somewhat average they've got a, enough success for themselves but they're aware of their success and they're letting their success hold them back from going to that next level that's how i see those people a lot of the time don't get me wrong they put some great foundations in place in their life they are operating on a whole new level like the things that used to be scary to them are completely normal now and they can do it with their eyes shut half the time but i think they're aware of their success so much so that they can define themselves by it and draw upon those past experiences 
to really say, I'm okay, I'm cool, I don't need to move forward to the next level. Yeah, 100%. And I think, like, they're also, a lot of those people are also unconsciously competent or high-performing in one area of their life. So they just stay over there and define themselves in that one area that it can almost be like they come to us with problems that they think we don't understand. And I think sometimes people forget, like, it's not, it's not appropriate or like a good professional standard for us to come and talk to you about all our fucking problems like if you work with us you're not going to be aware of the challenges that we're experiencing in our lives like unless they're relevant to how the service is impacted right Mm -hmm. so like I'll tell the guys like when I'm experiencing something difficult if it's going to impact how I show up and and the job role right like you'll do the same thing which is like bear with me because I have fucking no laptop no clothes and nowhere to live I'm going to be a wee bit delayed and getting back to you, right? But crucially, we're not coming for fucking sympathy because it's not about us, right? It's about you. So actually, like, we we freak out each other and be like, oh my God, help, and fucking blush with each other and fucking for each other and be like, what the fuck am I going to do, right? But, like, it's not, it's not appropriate for us to come and fucking just, like, unload our problems onto you because that's not what the relationship is for, right? So I think sometimes the challenge then becomes the perception that we don't experience difficulties and we don't experience challenges and actually we do but we just do it quietly in the background because it's not about us so like I think sometimes that can give the perception of that we don't have problems and actually it's just that our tolerance level for challenge is high because we fucking love the game right we love we're addicted to the pain (laughs) like we love the challenge that we experience in these things because every time we go to a new level of challenge, we have to be a beginner and yep. say, right, I'm a beginner in this level of challenge, so what do I need to bring that I know already to move myself through it? Um, and the recognition that the higher we go, the higher the tolerance level gets, the less impacted we are by these things. So it's not that we are any better or that we are free of challenge, it's just that a relationship with a discomfort is different and that we actually enjoy it a wee bit I would say um, and I think for me this is the difference between people in those two levels is that like every single one of the guys who have ever signed up for any sort of physical you know performance endurance based thing has been fully aware of the discomfort level not only in the event right I said this to the team on Monday night in the office people don't see the, how grueling the training schedule is for something like that like, it dominates your life and you make so much sacrifice. Like, especially if you're like me and you're fucking slow as streak when you run. <laughs> like, at, like towards the end of training, I'm fucking putting aside, like, fucking two, two and a half, three hours, like, at the weekend just to fucking run before I do anything else that I need to do. Finding time midweek as well to fucking get a run and stick to your training schedule. Like, make sure your diet's in the right place, make sure you're still getting your strength training in so you've not got fucking spaghetti legs carrying you running. Like, there's so much that goes into this that if it's Friday night, I can't fucking have a drink at that social event because I need to run in the morning. And I could drink, but then I'll have a shit run and I'll feel like shit if I don't feel properly and if I don't sleep properly. And it's a whole, like, it's a whole way of life for this one event, right? And I think sometimes people from the outside looking in don't see the level of sacrifice that comes in your day-to-day life when you are prioritizing stuff like this that people I think maybe think that people believe that they're 
they're competent in their ability to do something like that. And I have never met anybody who's felt competent in something that they're doing for the first time. Every single one of those guys stood at the start line questioning their ability to be able to finish, right? And until they finished, they were still questioning that ability. And I spoke about this in the open office, but what's really interesting, it was a real common trend. Like the half marathon guys started to struggle about the kind of nine mile mark, right? And the marathon guys all struggled. They all hit a wall at 20 miles, every single one of them. And I spoke about this because the, the reason there's a common consistency there is because a wall, the wall is a figment of their imagination. So because they chose not to accept the wall as real, like and not and not believe it, right? That they then pushed past it and they they then at that point went beyond the level of what they expected was possible. So it was at that point that they then became unconsciously competent, right? Yeah. Because the wall was the limit of where they believed their competence lay. And by pushing beyond that and demonstrating to themselves that that other six miles, that other four miles was there, that is the point at which they became unconsciously competent. So now when they enter into future challenges and experiences in life, they don't question the competence. Kev still can't walk and signed up for another marathon, <laughs> right? I know we weren't going to name people, but I'm just using that as a very specific example. Every single one of them, when they first crossed, I asked them the same question. Did you think that you were going to be able to do it when you were stood at the start line? Every single one of them said no. And I said, now that you've crossed the finish line, would you do it again? And every single one of them said yes, and a happy, yeah. right? Still feeling the pain from the experience, they said yes. I want to be able to do it again. And it's because they graduated in that moment to unconscious competence. Yeah, 100%. Now there weren't even names. Like Steffi today said she was going to run another marathon. Daniela yeah. came back after half marathon. After saying on the day she would never run a full one when I was bugging her about it, remember? Said she was going to run a full marathon. Um, Sarah had already signed up for another marathon before even running that one. So it's that way where she didn't actually even know if she would have completed it until it was actually done and she already had another one in the cards. And there's going to be more of them that are going to start to the, the the pipe work and just really start to say like, you know, I think this is impossible for me. It's the only reason why I think I want to push the guys so hard, like everyone so hard to really find that thing for themselves that they can stretch beyond belief and really just recognise they can go to a next level. Because I think what people don't realise is when you hit that mark, when you hit that stage, when you hit that goal, when you hit that point where you've you've breaking you've broken through that fragment of your imagination, that wall, and you've surpassed what your expect expectations were, you're just going to stay at the same level if you don't do it again. <laughs> you know, so like it doesn't even have to be like five k, ten k, half marathon, marathon, and then like ultra marathon, for example. It doesn't have to be that. It can be right. I really want to smash my five k thing. I want to take five minutes off it. I want to take 10 minutes off my 10k time. I want to run a sub 330 marathon, right? The training will be similar yet different because the volume is going to have to be there to obviously make sure that you can actually last the distance. But obviously for each goal, especially based upon the level that you're at, until you get to that unconsciously competent point at the kind of further end of your journey, then essentially you're not going to understand that things need to be different when those goals have to change because you just, when you're com consciously competent, you just see the goal as the goal. So it's like, oh, what am I going to get if I just keep running the same marathon over and over again? It's the same training. doesn't really stimulate me. But then when you're looking at speed or when you are looking at even an ultra marathon, it's like, right, well, things need to change now. And then it's like, oh, fucking class, something different, something that's going to keep me like really engaged, something that I can work towards and get my teeth really sunk into. 
even though it's the same thing that they're doing, it's a totally different approach to it. And then they learn more about themselves again as a result and they push past that expectation yet again. So it's not like they're going all the way back down and starting at the kind of unconsciously incompetent level. It's just that they're starting to really, with the knowledge they already have now, top up more of the education that they need to learn more about themselves, not just from the plan put in place, but more so how they complete the plan put in place and how they yeah. stick to it. Because I even find that some people in the consciously competent part will even say to me, like, oh, i just done these extra couple of runs. I'm like, if you needed to run an extra couple of times, I would have told you, right? So it's like, you were meant to run three times a week. You're also doing this sort of strength training. We want to make sure we're keeping injury low. And you just told me you ran six times this week. Why? Oh, well, I just think the more running I'll do, the better. Doesn't always work that way, you know? Doesn't always work that way, especially, again, if it puts at risk you going after this big goal that you've never done before that means so much to you, if you do that, then you're never really going to be able to have that unconsciously competent part because you're never going to surpass that expectation you had for yourself because you decided to throw in some fucking five to 10k extra runs when it wasn't needed. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, and that, are, sorry, anyone. Those unconsciously competent people are the people that are just like, what's the plan? I'll do it. Like, they don't even, they don't even ask. It's like, you've not told me to do any more, so I'm not going to do any more. You've not asked me to do any less, so I'm not going to do any less. That's just like, dedicated to the dedicated to plan because the plan's the fucking plan for a reason a hundred percent because it's not about them right it's it's bigger than them yeah. uh, so so the expertise around how they get there they want to take because they don't want to think they just want to do right yeah. it doesn't become about them it becomes about the fulfillment of the thing and that for me is when people move away from the expectation of the goal to the aspiration of the vision like once you can surpass defining yourself by the expectations that you set right and the expectations of the goal and what the goal means and how the goal defines you and you start to move into the aspiration of what will this what kind of person will this goal make me into right and when I push past that and when I connect this to who I want to be how much bigger and bigger and bigger can that get like aspiration is the infinite game like it, it is the it is the infinite like it's the infinite growth to a level of your limitations like the limit doesn't exist for you like there's no longer any limitations on your capacity or what you believe is possible and then you become such an aspirational person it's almost like you don't even notice it right because then people ask you like how are you doing all this and you're like I don't fucking know right because it's no longer about the expectation of what you thought you should be doing or what you how you expected it to go, right? And staying stuck in that bullshit of, oh, I expected myself to do better and I expected this to go differently and I expected to be here by now and I'm pissed off that I'm not here because that's what I expected it to be. And it's like, and where was your fucking basis for that information? This thing that you've never done before because achieving it's one thing, sustaining it's another. So unless you've achieved it and sustained it, which you haven't, right, you can have no fucking expectations for how something is supposed to go exactly as you said to the guys that you've not earned the right to expect a time on a, on a run that you've never fucking completed before. So you have to remove that and go only for the aspiration of finishing, right? Only then can you set expectations on that basis and even then... It becomes about the aspiration of how it makes you feel that you become and and the vision that it takes you closer towards. Like it, it's no longer about you, right? It's it's about your aspirational self and fulfilling that. 
that's when you move into that totally different level because self-mastery is loving everything about the game like and everything about the game like the pain the challenge the discomfort it's building a better relationship with loving every single element of that even when it feels difficult because it's about what it brings to you it's about what it makes possible it's about how it benefits you even when you don't feel the benefits directly expectations and goals are just rooted in that fucking instant gratification whereas actually if you can focus on the aspiration of the longer term and the self-mastery you don't need you know that that it's it's coming you know that it's possible because you have ultimate faith in yourself to make it possible that you don't need that instant gratification anymore and the thing is even after the next goal you say when you're in that stage you already know that's not going to be the last thing you actually just know it's the the road to a greater thing than thereafter so it's like someone may have a a goal in the back of their mind that they might like to do like i've kind of floated this idea around you i was talking about doing the is it the smb the mad run through the sahara desert um, the ultra- yeah 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 that thing um, I'm not great with names I'm just I see mad things and I'm like that'd be quite cool to do um, <laughs> but obviously like there's no better place to train for it than where I live right now because of the heat you know so really training environment is fucking spot on but I've never run an ultra so then I'm like okay I'll just run an ultra by the end of the year and I'll see how it goes <laughs> you know what I mean and then off the back of that off the back of that off the back of the training for it I'll then go okay cool I've done that now no doubt like let's sign up for that reading a map and shit like that's totally different fucking thing to do i'd have to learn that in my own time but if i can trust myself to run an ultra then i can trust myself to fucking read a map yeah. <laughs> hopefully hopefully <laughs> um, as long as it's an iphone um <laughs> like it, that that's the sort of level of thinking you get into now and it's not like there's like no fear around it but also there's no like expectation around it either in the sense of i'm not expecting it to go in and be easy either like that i think when we talk about expectations people like to think the things are easier than they are when it comes to their expectations. My thought process is, and because we're at that kind of like unconsciously a competent stage slash mastery stage, like you're always wanting to work towards, like you're actually like, that's going to be really fucking hard. But because you're in love with what that discomfort, as you said, gives you, it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. That, like it's going to make me such a better person. And you know, like who else could this influence? I think that's the basis of a lot of, a lot of what I do now. Like, I will put up with this pain and I will put up with this suffering because who will this inspire and who will see this as something aspirational that may get them up off their arse and working towards a bigger goal that can completely change their life. You know, like that is always the basis of, and I found myself more these days, especially saying to the guys, like accountability works both ways. Like fucking love our clients. Even the other day, like when I was, cause you know me anyway, you're like, take time off and I'm still like trying to be in comms and do work and all that. Like even when my fucking, I'm getting evicted. I'm like, I send you a paragraph being like, this is covered, this is covered, I'm doing this, 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 and this. Go and you take some time and get out here and you go, that's all good. And I'm like, right, there's no point in chatting <laughs> because I know that when I get that reply, he's fucking doing it anyway. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I'll be deceptive. I'll be like, right, thank you. Cheers. About here. Um, but like, even our clients the other day as well, it's like, I need to show that I'm willing to do things that I tell them to do. Like, not from a performance perspective. Like, the other day when I had that all going on, a few of the clients were like, will you fuck off and stop texting me? You know, like, will you actually fuck off? Like, I don't mind talking to you. Like, go away. And then you and the client then gang up on me and bully me together. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what's so great, though, because they know that we'd be the first ones to do it for them if they were in that situation. And as much as we can handle more pain and more tolerance, 
it can also be quite a bad thing within our daily life, so much so that we could probably lead ourselves to burnout because we feel like we're quite indestructible and like we're fucking superhuman when it's not always the case. So, I know. <laughs> I, I, so it's, it's one of those things that is so good because we've obviously, through our actions, we've shown people what's possible. And then because they now have that awareness and that competency unconsciously, they automatically respond in the way in which we would if we experienced a client going through a similar situation. So that's why community is such a great thing as well. Like, and being around people who normalize these things. And I said that to the guys last week on that webinar that I took before the marathon. I said to them, listen, you probably have an expectation on yourself right now because we normalize this in here. <laughs> like, you're under the one roof. We are, so many people are running 5Ks, 10Ks, beating PBs, half marathons, marathons, ultra marathons like triathlons, duathlons, all that sort of stuff. I was like, don't have an expectation for how this should go just because there's so many other people crushing it as well and doing these things. Like you are part of a very small minority of people that are all in the one place looking to really improve themselves in this way. Like you could walk down the street 10 times over and not see a marathon runner or not see yeah. someone that's done a triathlon or a half Ironman or an Ironman or whatever it may be, or someone that's not in great shape either. Like, you know the culture in this country like you can walk down a street and not really take notice of many people because someone doesn't really stand out from the crowd with like how they look like strong capable body powerful body you know so these guys are all part of the one percent and the one percent are all in the one place and yeah. i think that helps them get closer to mastery far quicker yeah 100 percent. because like you say we not we normalize it therefore you're surrounded by people who your desired behavior is the average behavior of, right? So like it, it, we normalize high standards, we normalize high performance because that's the minimum of what we expect. And that means that then it's not the place for everybody, right? Because yeah. there are people who I think carry the belief of, I know I should be doing more because I know that I'm capable of more, but I don't know where to start, right? Those are the kinds of people that this is the right place for. But if you're running consistently on the belief of not not for me, no way I could ever do that, and you're not willing to at least challenge that and experiment with it and try it a wee bit, right? That's that's the key difference for me because I'm not here to convince you that it's possible, right? I'm not here to convince you that you're good enough. Like, I will encourage you to change that belief. I'll challenge it, but I'm not here to convince you and talk you into something that you can't talk yourself into and, and that for me is is the big difference in what sets our people apart and what sets us apart right because like I totally get exactly what you mean like I, I think it's important for us to be aspirational in multiple different areas of life because if we are not going through this with people like you say this is a community like I said that to the guys on Monday night like I was talking about like oh I do a marathon next year and I was turning and throwing it for ages, like, should I, would I be able to do it? Should I be able to do it? And then I got injured and I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then I was like, after that, I was like, fuck it, I need to. Like, it's not about me now. It's not about me and my beliefs of being able to do a marathon, but it's actually that I need to practice what I preach. So, like, I, I now need to do that. It's not even a case. It's not about me. Like, and I think that for me is the big difference. Like, I could have stayed really comfortable in my job and kept doing this on the side, but actually it's not about me and I'm not living by the standards that I'm helping other people hold themselves to if I don't do that stuff if I don't go through the pain if I don't go through the challenge and the change and not even just show people that it's possible but like live through the reality of it with them because it's a, it's not an easy way to live right so I think there's there's almost like 
we are in service to our clients always like we are fucking hopelessly devoted to them and as well I think they know and I think that I don't I don't ever want people to underestimate the fact that the role that we play here is perpetuated so much by how they behave how they show up I said that to the guys on Monday like there is somebody I am inspired every single day every single week by multiple different people and not even just in the things that they do that I consider like better or more capable than me but the choice to get up and get out your bed in the days where you just feel like I can't do this anymore right the people who are juggling fucking multiple different roles and still manage to find half an hour out of their day just for them like the people who have really been in the trenches and finding things difficult but put their hand up and say I need help please will you help me and we give them a bit of guidance and they go right okay thank you I'm ready to hit the ground fucking running like every single person who makes a decision to show up and choose themselves and not define themselves by their problems inspire me regardless of what it is that they're doing and I think that that that's what you get from being in a community is the recognition that you can define yourself by your problems and you can tell yourself your problems are all the reasons why you are the way that you are and why you're not doing what you're doing it never changes the fucking reality of it and being in a community of people who are willing to live a different reality to define themselves by who they want to be and not define themselves by the lives that they've always lived like I take inspiration from every single one of them that like I said, that no longer becomes about me, it no longer becomes about you. We are just the vessel through which they all grow. Yeah. It's, the, it's theirs. It's theirs. Like this program is theirs. Like this program is what they do, how they act, how they show up. And we just sit back and give our two cents every now and again. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and I think it's so important, like just on that point as well, just to probably voice it on the podcast if you've not already seen it on social media. Like we are increasing our prices, guys to join the program like the amount of education and support that you will get inside this program and I think by listening to this podcast you'll know that the support comes from a totally different line of thinking that you'll probably get supported with elsewhere people always say to me what's included in the program and I'm like no listen it's how the program's fucking delivered that will change your life you know Mm -hmm. it's the perspective it's the thought processes it's the experience it's the expertise and knowledge as well the qualifications it's everything rolled into one all you need all anyone ever needs, right? Because I know I've joined mentorships and coaches before and I've thought to myself, what am I getting? All I've needed is someone to be able to ask a few questions to get the insight that I need and then fucking hit the ground running. There will be people that need more and we have so many inclusions within the program and offer so much so that people have all these different avenues of support. But just know that if you've got people in your corner that can think this way, act this way, operate this way, not just in coaches, but in clients round about you within the community, there's only one way you can go if you go all in, but this is down to your willingness to take action. So the price increase is going to be going up from the 10th of June, which is a week on Saturday. Sorry, I'm recording this podcast. So it's actually in five days time from when the podcast, <laughs> the podcast is released. Um, so if you would be interested in joining the program, you've listened to this for a long time and you've been sitting in the fence, now is your time, realistically, to get everything that you would get from us elsewhere individually. It'd be thousands of pounds per month, right? Mm-hmm. This is a place where you can come and you can invest in yourself and get everything you need and know that the experts within your corner are never any more than a fucking message away, a voice note away, a phone call away. And that security can bring so much fucking growth to your life. And that's what 
And that's realistic what it is. It's the security of knowing you've got the right people in your corner when other people will not challenge you on the things that need to be challenged for your growth. So if you are interested, drop me a message on Instagram. Let me know you've been listening or even Jen. Um, I did say on Instagram, use the words built for life, but listen, any message is valid. (laughs) Any message is valid because guys, when the price does increase, and then you see how we're going to keep on building this community and what we're going to keep on delivering because we have some very fucking exciting stuff in the pipeline. You're going to wish you jump, uh, jumped on sooner at a price that was more affordable potentially to you to really take this to the, the fucking levels that you want to. Yeah, 100%. And I think crucially, like, my life has changed so much as a result of working with you, but not only in the time that I worked with you. Like... Like, I mean, worked with you as a client. Like, yeah. I would say, no, you're fucking stuck with me. So, like, it's not even a client level anymore. You're just never getting rid of me. But, like, my life continues to grow and change from the foundational level of knowledge that I built that, like, I'm now just building on top and top and top and top of that. Like, it, and I think for so many people who have gone through the whole process, like, the principles that you create here that's why it's built for life like it's it just keeps on getting better because you keep getting better you keep getting stronger and I think like it's so hard sometimes to put into words what it is that we do and I, and for anybody who wants to know what it is we do like my only the only thing I would say to you is go and look at the people that, that we build like yeah. go and look at the results that we we help people to produce. Like listen to their words. Don't listen to ours about what what we do. Like because hearing it from your perspective is totally different. But go and look at the comments that people leave on Instagram, on Facebook, the things that people say, like the experiences that they have that they talk about. Like hear it from their words because that's their lives and their experiences that that they're putting so so listen to them read what they're saying because they put it far better than i think we ever could (laughs) in essence i think the way that i would put it is if you know that you're capable of more and you're willing to put your best foot forward then essentially any problem that you currently have even if you think we're qualified to deal with or not we can help you with it right don't think people realize the dynamic of the team here obviously you've got background in like team and leadership development like the amount of calls and help that you've given to our clients really look at new areas that they can explore with their careers and with their businesses and how they can actually negotiate pay rises and so on and so forth. The amount of people that come to us with relationship problems, like fear around how they parent their kids, if they're giving their kids too much of themselves. Because as Jen said earlier, we look at it from a, an objective standpoint. So we can give you the relative information on everything because we have the expertise and the knowledge to understand this stuff from a research science bait science-baked, science-backed <laughs> background, you know? So people, how many times have people reached out to us before and said, oh, I don't know if you could help here, but I was just wondering if there's any advice on this. And we go, boom, 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 boom. And they go, oh my fucking God. Because yeah. <laughs> like, we're not here to solve your problem, right? Yeah. So actually yeah. the process of helping you to solve the problem is the same regardless of the problem because we are like, like obviously I'm an accredited coach, like, you may as well be because I've fucking taught you everything that I know. So like we use we use a brain-based behavior change coaching approach that means that no matter what your problem is, we can still help you to change your behavior, thoughts, actions, and beliefs around the problem. So actually the context of the problem is not is irrelevant. It doesn't matter what it is. Like the process to help you change it and solve it remains the same, which means that our capacity to help you is limitless. Yeah. It's it's just how you choose to view it. Like if you're problem focused you'll be problem focused if you're solution focused you're solution focused 
you know? And I think this kind of goes back to like when people say like you can't understand them to some degree as well. You can't understand what I'm going through. It's like, well, no, I can because I can help you, but you're you're just focusing too much on the problem. You know, if you focus on the solution, we can improve it. So guys, if you are interested, drop either of us a message. We can hop on a call. We can chat about things. Most important thing is we want to make sure you're the right person for the program. And I do want to say that because we want people who want to build themselves into these types of people. And even if you don't think you're that type of person, something that me and Jen talk about a lot of the time is the people that come to us that are most successful in different areas of their life are usually the worst clients. The people that never thought they could be, but have no other choice but to step into this person always actually are the real high performers. And that's how I like to think about others as well, because that's the background we came from. 100%. 100%. All you need is potential. I don't need you to be anywhere remotely near the finished product, but a potential and a willingness to be able to get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So guys, thanks so much for tuning in yet again. Any final words of wisdom or just a goodbye, Jen? Just go and fucking smash it, whatever you're doing. Aye. Go and fucking smash it. Fuck it in and find out. <laughs> 100%. So guys, tune in next time. Hope you all have a fantastic week and we'll speak to you soon. Bye.